to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 29. Niner, yes. Uh, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And I'm Tony. And we are back in the studio. Back in the stud. <laughs> last the stud time, farm is what we call it. Last week we were being harassed by cats um, at your parents' <laughs> house while we're trying to record a wildly popular podcast this time we're back in the studio <laughs> it's a little out of control the podcast the popular it's become <laughs> um, staring I mean, at the map of all of our listeners we can see that all across the world there are people probably in rapturous applause right now hearing the start of another a fresh episode on there there's very little asian interest in this podcast i can see from the map so we might need to release an episode of mandarin or yeah. cantonese okay I'll leave that in your capable hands okay. to organise. Right. I'll just minute that. <laughs> um, we also talked about... Um, Episode Learn Cantonese. <laughs> okay. Um, we also talked about um, we're in trouble if someone in New York uh, starts listening because our map pins are so large that they're, yeah. they're kind of crossing state boundaries. So if you're in the Hamptons listening, <laughs> we've got a little space out there by Long Island, so please join mm. us. Do that. Um, in this episode, we're going to start with a wee hypothetical question for Tony, mm-hmm. um, and then you're going to regale us, I believe, with um, tales from the uh, paranormal realms. Yeah, a bit of a different sort of angle for me, but uh, with a, it sort of rounds up to a common theme. <laughs> An interesting little take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll finish with... Um, the random story from the 80s book and get me some strange but first has the best introduction of any segment in the episode so you get ready wait, for that you wait i think there's a whole fan group out there who just love <laughs> all that is listen to this podcast just for that introduction you give yep. yeah and how i dodge your interruptions to the introduction right, they get we sort of shiva so good um i always ask at the top of each one or always mean to ask anything paranormal paranormal happened to you in the last week oh actually no any updates on your poor Hilux that was uh, so Earl, taken from... So Earl is, um, he's been at the doctors. Yeah. So I got to see him on Tuesday. So it's Friday today. So on Tuesday I went in and I had to drop the key off. And some flowers and fresh fruit. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I went and said hi and um, saw his sort of uh, wiring all pulled out over the place. It was quite sad, Zenits. really. Sort yeah. Yeah. I didn't really want to look. I was just like, I don't want to see Earl. <laughs> um, <laughs> the car owner should never have to see their cars in it. But uh, about 3.30 this afternoon, so it's three hours ago, it's half past six now, they uh, gave a call and said, your car's ready. And oh, I'm right. like, great, I cannot get there in time to pick it up. Oh, dang. So you've got to um, wait till next week. Got to get to wait till next week. So mm. I'm picking up on Monday. Monday. M- the Monday. <laughs> get on the Monday. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Um, nothing paranormal from my phone either. <laughs> yeah, I'll just mark that on my list here. Another no. no. Yeah. Oh, that's sort of a record 29 weeks in a row. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, have got a decent hypothetical for you. Okay. Nice. You got um, little, from my little notebook. Cutesy wee journal a there. Cute wee, um, <laughs> hypothetical journal. Um, here goes. Okay. So sometimes these are paranormal themes, sometimes these are just random, and sometimes they're sent in by our dear listeners. Um, in this case, it's not necessarily hypothetical, but I know you're into the subject of space as much as I am, so I want to kind of put you in it. Okay. 
were you going to say something? I was going to say, okay, do me. And I realized actually that's not the problem. <laughs> I can't say that. I, I was not. like, proceed. I'll... I was like, all right, proceed. All right, I will do this hypothetical <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, okay, so the hypothetical question is, well, scenario, I guess. It's not necessarily a question. It leads to a question. Is there a right or wrong? No, I'm just putting you in a situation. Put me in on the spot? You are on Mars with one month's supplies. You also have a rocket complete with enough fuel and oxygen and everything you need for a return journey. What's your move? So you can, you can, you've got enough stuff there to hang out for a while. And then... So return journey, presumably, to Earth. <laughs> Where else are you going? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. You've got enough fuel to get to... And go through Dubiter. <laughs> You've got enough fuel to get to space, so then you can just kind of set something in motion and go wherever you like. So, is the food has to sustain me back to... So, if I want to go back to uh, Earthy, do I have to have enough... Do I have to save some food and stuff for the journey home, or is there stuff on the rocket? How long is that journey, do you know? I think it's like nine months, something like that. Nine months? It could even be longer. Should I find out? No, it's okay. Um, let's just say you the part of the return journey is catered. <laughs> it's a catered affair. It's a catered I've affair. Got the, I've got You've the, got enough stuff to stay on the planet for a month. So if I was like flying, you can get like the seat or the seat plus bag. But this also <laughs> includes the meal. Yeah. What about entertainment? The works. The works. Yeah, it is the yeah. works. I mean, you can pay for, um, you can pay extra to get movies, but TV shows are free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, duty time Earth to Mars takes between 150 and 300 days. Yeah, so that's up there. What did I say, nine months? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of chose right in the middle there. I'm quite, quite <laughs> pleased with that. Yep. Okay, so I get seat plus bag plus movies out the works. Okay, yep. so I'm on the works, works on the way home, so I'm going to worry about couch. this. Yeah. You're going to have a sky couch. <laughs> um, okay, so whereabouts on Mars am I? Like, am I just. just um, is there any structures around me? How have I got there? Structures? Like if I made something like this, is it like a is there like a moon base on no. Mars? <laughs> moon no, base on Mars. Let's say Which would be known as Mars base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Martian base. Yeah. Um there's enough stuff to build it, but you'd have to build it. So how have I got there? Do I just wake up there or do I know I was going there? You got there by me writing it in my hypothetical journal but and I- posing it to you as a question. Thoughts? So I just turn up and I'm like, okay, I'm on Mars. Yes. And I'm like, I've got a, a hypothetical here. situation. We've flashed like like a don't like flash, a movie. Don't flash me. We've flashed to the Gross. scene. <laughs> We've cut to cut to the scene. We've flashed. My eyes you are onto burning. Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Flashing me. <laughs> um so I'm just hanging out, Mars. Yeah. Would you want to explore? Build a sand castle. Yeah. Okay. I reckon there'd be sand on Mars. Yeah. So I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Um I got a space suit then. Let's say you're three days walk from a rover. Okay. Would you make it? Would you head for a rover to have a look? Um, do I have a so I can walk? But do I? I'd have to take oxygen and stuff with me then. Yeah, you got enough. You got like, enough. A, like a wee trailer or something like that. Yes. Um, would I go see a rover? Hmm. Is this like a rover car? <laughs> Mars like, rover. Like a 1990s <laughs> rover. <laughs> Or a Mars yeah. rover. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I could find a rover. You'd find a rover? Is that what you'd want to do? Or would you just want to bail? 
I wouldn't go straight away. What would you do? Um, well, so I know there's a rover. Yeah, I go see the rover. So yeah. do people know I'm on Mars? Um, sure. Okay. Can I communicate with anyone back on Earth? Um, only from the ship. Okay. So if or I the rover. From like, the rover. Like okay. the rover videos. Yeah. So you can like, video. So you can hold up signs like... And stuff Send on. help. Yeah. Think of like The Martian, that movie. Yeah, I'm thinking of The Martian. That's the second I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what he did, right? Yeah, found the rover. Yeah. <laughs> he found the rover we, and held up signs. Well, did he dig up? Did he dug up something? He dug up something. Oh, that was when he needed power. He dug up the old nuclear generator. Oh, yeah. That's right. I was trying to think what he dug up. I was thinking he buried stuff in turds. No, he, he grew potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buried seeds. Would I, would I be allowed to cook in my own poo? Cook in my own poo? It's not quite right, is it? Would you? Um, probably not. I've got my own food. <laughs> I guess it could stay longer if I can cook. cook. That's dead right. But do, do, um, might run out of oxygen, though. Just every second breath. Just like... Yeah, just <gasps> breathe less. Yeah. Hold your breath while you poo. You've, <laughs> you've saved oxygen and produced stuff to grow in. Yeah, I could do that. You'd do that? Uh, yeah, I could see the rover. Yeah. Um, could I ride it? to know um can you control it from the rover or does it only well, they wouldn't have built controls in like there's no xbox controller on top of it. <laughs> there's probably no need for it yeah and it's not very fast i'd sit on it probably you'd sit on it yeah would you tip it over just to be a dick um i'd mess with it yeah <laughs> what if what if you what if you mooned it and made a joke about two moons or something like that? I could that? do that, yeah. Does Mars have moons? Yeah, I think it has Mars like... Mars has its own moons. I think it has, Mars has eight moons. Eight moons. I'll check that too. How many moons... So you could make jokes about it having nine moons, but one of them's your bare ass. Oh, only two. Yeah, yeah I, thought it was, I thought it was three, but... I must think it of Doobiter. <laughs> Stop calling it Doobiter. <laughs> Doobiter. <laughs> That's how you say it. It's, not it's got a D. Say. It's pronounced with a D. <laughs> Do it. Okay, so um, you wander to the rover. You mess with it. You take weird pics. Yeah. Dick pic. Can I Snapchat? Dick pic. No. You can only dick pic. Do you do it? <laughs> what dick pic? What, send the rover a dick pic? I mean, just use the rover as a dick pic. Oh, like... Use the rover's camera to send dick pics back to NASA. <laughs> Would you do it? I feel like like trying to go on Grinder or something like that. <laughs> Send a dick pic and you're like, oh, the, nearest, left or right the nearest guy is uh, 250,000 kilometers away. I'm like, oh. Do you think uh, if you were on Mars and you could go on the internet, you'd still get those ads that say um, singles in your area? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Sing- single Asian females in your area, yeah. <laughs> you're saying Asian because we don't have listeners from there. You don't want to offend anyone. I'm trying to promote the Asian brand. I'm trying to get people from Asia on board this podcast. So if you saw... It's got a lot of potential in Asia. It's our biggest emerging market <laughs> is Asia. So if you saw an ad that said... Um, Growing middle class would love a podcast about unknown crap that so we So if did. you saw one that said about Asians in the area, you'd click it? I'd be like, oh, where are they? I might go see. <laughs> I might, I'm pretty lonely. I'm all myself. And it turns out that all of a sudden there's none. Okay, so um, let's say you are there. F- like, it's taken you three days to get to the rover to take your dick pics. What... Like, how long are you there before you get bored, do you think? Ten minutes. How long do you think we can talk about this before the listeners are bored? <laughs> how, 
<laughs> it's sort of been eight minutes. <laughs> it's probably, probably five minutes too long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you go back to let's say okay, you're you're done what you need to do. The dick pics. You've done the dick pics. That was yeah. the top of your list. Let's go DP because I'm worried it's a bit offensive. Okay. Um, and then you get back to the craft that has all the supplies to get you home. And it turns out you've left the lights on. What do you do? Oh. You left the lights on, it's got a flat battery. Can I call AA? <laughs> Triple A? AA? Yeah. Quadruple A? So I'm going to die there. Are I? you? Um... Well, how do I charge the battery? What would you do? Get the rover, steal its batteries. There you go. You got another three days there and back. <laughs> then I've written the battery. lights on on the rover and its batteries are dead. I'm like, oh, you use it all up taking dick pics. Damn, damn it. It's charging my phone. I left it, left it plugged in. Yeah. Okay, so do you think you could... Do you think you would have the skills to fly a craft back out of desperation? Um, Like in the Martian? Yeah. Uh, I did pretty well there. If it was, I mean, you're probably more familiar with like the 80s space shuttle. If oh. there was one of them parked there, all ready to go, and there was a go button, do you, would you have the balls to just hit hit go? I think if it's going to be the case of like I'm alone on this foreign body waiting to suffocate, yeah, I might give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. That is. What do you got to Hell lose? Yeah, you'd give it. What, a crack. what have you got to lose? Yeah, dead right. Do you? I mean, you'd read the manual. You could spend some time reading the manual. Mm. You wouldn't read the manual? No. Okay. I've got things to do. <laughs> I've got <laughs> spacecraft there. to fly. You've got the Asian market to I do. promote. I to. do. Well, why waste time reading the manual? What's that ever got anyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, on um, that Sandra Bullock movie, that she read the manual in like Russian or something, didn't she? Yeah, but it's Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I'm not Sandra you're, Bullock. You're no Sandra Bullock. I'm no, I'm no Sandra. I'm no Sandy B. Yeah. Okay, so you reckon you could, like, because you know a fair bit from flight simulators of flying <laughs> 747s. <laughs> Which means I can fly spacecraft in real life on, on yeah. Mars, yes. Do you reckon you'd handle it? Oh, I'd give it a crack. Give I, a, I, I would. Crack. I think I'd give it a good crack. At which at which stage do you reckon you'd, you'd is the most risk? Is it takeoff or landing? Am I landing this back on Earth? Yeah. Um, I think on Earth you sort of got to. I mean, you'd need to make sure you're entering, so you're not going to burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but it's probably the case that once it gets in, parachutes will activate and you'll land in the sea, and it'll be like. Um, yeah. Okay. I want someone to come back, or if you're in normally a, they're on a runway, right? A shuttle. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about like the current generation yeah. of spacecraft. I think I think they land in the middle of Kazakhstan now. Just they parachute <laughs> down to Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just threw in a space shuttle. Even oh, okay. They definitely wouldn't. Be so the throwback, to get throwback to, to a shuttle. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You reckon you could land an '80s shuttle? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd still have the balls to take off to the other end without reading the manual. Why not? Brilliant. <laughs> like, the chances of getting there are pretty slim. Yeah. Like, let's just have a crack at this. So, how would you aim it? Like, look for the blue dot and just just put the jandal down. Pretty much. The thong? The flip-flop down? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just making sure this was still international. What are they called? Jandals, which we call flip Handal, I believe. <laughs> what Handal. Are, that's what they call them in Asia? Yes. Handals. Handal. <laughs> A thongy? Yeah. Thong. Thongy? In Australia. And it's flip-flop in America? Is that what they call jandals? Um, I can find out. I think they call them flip-flops. 
Jandel in USA. People were probably weirded out that we call them Jandals. Ooh, did you mean Scandal in USA? <laughs> yes, I did. I remember explaining this to a, um, an A&E nurse when we were over in America, when we went to the A&E. Because my wife was wearing Jandals and I was like, what do you call this? <laughs> I think it was Flip Flop. I was like, you know, what, you want to know what we call them? Yeah, yeah, I was just like, no. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> and then they carried me out on their shoulders because I was a hero to them, bringing, their, bringing them tales from other lands. So apparently uh, the words Japanese and, oh, throw it to our Asian audience, <laughs> and sandal were combined to make the word Jandal in 1957. Really? The yeah. Japanese sandal. Japanese sandal. Jandal. Jandal. So that doesn't answer the question what americans call it flip-flop um, i'm sure it is and, and this is this is a real quiet bit where people are just on the edge of their seats yeah. to this riveting podcast in 2015 the battle of the jandal origin rages on but one thing is for certain that there is definitely not a thing as thongs in new zealand not in New Zealand, no. no. I, I don't think, like, thong in America means G-string. Thong song. Underwear. Let me see that jandle. <laughs> that jandle. They probably don't realise that that's how it was actually released over here. Oh. <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia for thong. There's a woman wearing a G-string style thong. <laughs> there's an image. And she's topless on Wikipedia. How about that? Really? Can you see her back? X-rated. You no. see her back. Yeah. All this. Still nothing, nothing too lewd. Um. So we, what, what have we learned from this hypothetical? Oh, that's really unappealing. Look at that photo. Whoa! It's <laughs> like, like pubes sticking out like, the side of it. Is that like a man? A really bad Ken doll costume. Oh my god! Look at the horrible pubes at the side of you it. You got to explain it because people can't see this. I'm telling you to explain it. No, you explain it. You searched it. It's called a dance belt, and there's like a bit capturing the Jennies, and like there's like <laughs> there's wispy, a tan. There's like tan. Wis- yeah, there's like wispy pubes hanging out of the side of it. It's like a tan jock strap picture mm. you've just held up to me. So thanks for that. Oh, there's a jock strap. I don't want to play these games. Um, we're going to assume that uh, jandals are called flip-flops in America. If you care enough and follow us on Twitter at LITS underscore podcast and know the answer, then tweet us. Um, otherwise, we'll go on thinking that they're flip-flops. Foot thong. <laughs> so descriptive. <clears throat> Foot thong. Yeah, rather than a Jenny's thong. <laughs> Jen's thong. Okay, so I think we're done with the hypothetical. So did we're, I land the shuttle or not? We've we've discovered that um, you, in hypothetical land, at least have the balls to um, literally show them to a rover and <laughs> and uh, also to hit the go button on a space shuttle on the surface of Mars. Get me one of go. those dance thongs and just see what I do around the rover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a picture I don't want. <laughs> uh, and we're digressing. So let's launch into um, the second part of the show, which we get the we got the thigh slap. Mm-hmm. Um, we will launch into your story from the paranormal realms, which you've you've uh, teased is slightly different. So is it not paranormal? 
There's uh, another story about the roadwork signs, which I see are still on the corner of the street. I know, street. still there. That's why I got rid of it, because they were not <laughs> going to take it away. Someone's tagged it now. <laughs> it stupid awesome. we tag on it. It's just a permanent part of the neighborhood now. Hit me with your okay. story. Hit me with your story. Okay. What, we got? what realm are we dabbling in? Let's sea serpent? introduce this here. Situated just outside the city of Cluj-Napoca. In northwest Transylvania, Romania. We're going for and named after a shepherd who long ago disappeared with his flock of over two hundred sheep, lies the infamous Hochbaku Forest. And say that again. Not like that though. (laughs) Okay, carry on. (laughs) The forest, often referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of Romania has a reputation for intense paranormal activity and unexplained events. So this one, when you're saying is out of the ordinary, is that that because you haven't chosen a UFO one for once? I haven't chosen a forest one before. (laughs) You have, you have told us a forest one though, when you, it was your um, personal story. That was a man-made forest. This is not, reports have included ghost sightings, Unexplained apparitions, faces appearing in photographs that were not visible with the naked eye, and UFO sightings and strange lights have also been reported. That is a Bermuda Triangle. Hang on. Bermuda Triangle of what? Romania. Romania. Okay. There are many cases of people reportedly being scratched or attacked. And not by a feisty feline. All of these things happen with no reasonable explanation. Some people believe that the forest is a gateway to another dimension. Within the dark interior of Horabaku Forest, people have been known to disappear and the wind seems to speak. Right. What does it say? How do they know it's the wind? It's like, I'm the wind, I'm here. It's the wind of a reservation for 7 p.m. It's like, you're, <laughs> sorry, when you're a bit early. <laughs> it's like, oh, just be at the bar then. <laughs> right. The Hoabaku Forest has been labeled the most haunted forest in the world, and <laughs> for good reason. There have been hordes of reports and pictures of paranormal presence. Visitors to the forest often report intense feelings of anxiety and the feeling of constantly being watched. Moreover, the local vegetation is somehow bizarre in appearance, like something out of a fictional tale with strangely shaped trees, strangely shaped curved trees, and unexplained charring on tree strumps. I can't say tree. On tree strumps. Strumps. I can't talk. On tree stumps and branches. <laughs> might start again. Yeah, you might have to. Yeah. So most villagers who live near the forest are afraid to enter it due to the stories and legends that have been handed down over the generations. They believe that those who visit the site may never return back home. While visiting the Hoabaku Forest, people have been witness to terrifying voices and ghastly giggling, ghostly faces, and even full-bodied apparitions. But these spirits don't just like being seen. 
they enjoy interacting with visitors to the forest. It's a whole sort of like, you know, 4D type forest experience. Yeah, it is. Mm, it's it's good. like those things that you occasionally see at the mall that claim to be 4D. 4D and they throw water on you and stuff yeah. like that. 4D. <laughs> there have been countless reports of physical harm, including rashes, <laughs> nausea, say the odd word? vomiting, migraines, burns, scratches, anxiety... And other unusual sensations. Rashes was the first one for anyone playing at home. Rashes. <laughs> one paranormal investigator was apparently even hurled to the ground by an unseen force. What? Here's another one. So we talk about what makes you a ufologist is, is that you're published. What makes you a you cryptozoologist means yeah. you have to be published. Hurled to the ground to be a paranormal investigator. <laughs> if you hurl to the ground, you're all good. I was going to say, is it just that you go looking? Or do you need some sort of recording device? I think you need a business cardigan. <laughs> cardigan? Cardigan. Yeah. Do you like, get them off of, like, Vistaprint? I think you do. Cheap? I reckon you need to have your uh, initials embroidered onto the breast pocket of your cardigan <laughs> a business cardigan yeah definitely not a business card no they're too common <laughs> business card well i have it? a business card for work but if i had a business cardigan people would know i meant business on those business card sites you quite often see they give you a free business card holder to try and like lure you into the deal do you mean those little you... like stainless steel things that yeah you yeah are they the most useless thing on earth like I, I just put it in your wallet right i put one in my wallet yeah where, do you, where to... do you carry your wallet? Uh, front left pocket. See, I have it in my bum bum pocket. So many people do. And it actually makes my pants saggy. See, people quite like often it. get that square in their bum bum pocket. I do. I get that because of the thing. And it's actually, I've had some suit pants damaged before because uh, of my yeah. wallet in my bum bum pocket. Yeah. Left front pocket always. But, um, like, where do you put your keys? Um, and your phone? Rear... Right rear bum bum pocket. You put your keys in your bum bum pocket. You're sitting on your keys. Sometimes. <gasps> I'm not sitting on them right now. Am I? No, I must have put them down somewhere. So would you be like sitting at work and you've got keys in your bum bum pocket? No, I put my keys in my drawer. Well, why do I need my keys while I'm at my desk? What if you're at, uh, you're at the food court? Back pocket. Sitting down in the food court in your bum bum pocket? Yeah, possibly bum bum pocket. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be sitting... I'd have my keys in my bum Does bum pocket. Does not stab you in the bum bum pocket? No, not really. I went through a, a phase recently of um, culling a bunch of keys. So I've got literally about four keys, and one of them's a bottle opener. So it's very unobtrusive. Right. So I've got... Because I've got two phones as well, work phone and, and yeah. personal phone. And personal phone goes... It's got its own dedicated pocket, because I... Is that also a bum bum pocket? No, that's um, right front pocket is the dedicated pocket because um, I... You need a fanny I don't use a <laughs> I don't use a screen protector and I don't believe in phone cases. So I just I, I give it its own dedicated like, pocket. I don't believe so. them as like, they, you don't think they exist. I tell you they exist. I've seen <laughs> the Asian shops at the mall. Again, shout out to our Asian audience, our growing, burgeoning Asian audience. Well, I'm... I'm a designer of some sort. Oh, here he goes. And I, some sort. I don't think that... I mean, people spend a lot of... Uh, people pick phones based on what they look like. So it doesn't make sense to me for someone to put a $5 case onto their $1,000 phone. It doesn't look better to me. I have like a... The design I of a phone... I have like a $3 case on my phone that's like really thin because I don't like big cases. I just want it enough that when I know I'm going to drop it, that it won't hit the screen straight away. Yeah, I just don't... I don't have an issue. 
I give it its dedicated pocket. Nothing gets scratched. No screen like plastic on the screen either. And I could just. I like the design of my phone. It's well designed. You Samsung people. <laughs> well, plus with that phone, it's got the beveled edge, so. Like, oh yeah, it, you would want it that you way. You wouldn't want a case on it anyway. Otherwise, what's? Otherwise, who do you think you are? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It's a rhetorical question. um, So you keep your... Yeah, and then I keep my wallet and my work phone in the same pocket. Because I don't really mind too much if that gets a slightly scratched screen. So this is useless to anyone listening to this, but that's my phone case there. Just like, there's there's not really anything on that. I've seen them. And that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So a $3 Kmart one. Yeah, there you go. Found a screen scratch though this week. So, first uh, one. Do you have a dedicated pocket for that one? Uh, or do you bum, put other things in it? Bum, do you bum, put bum, other bum. things in your phone pocket? Ideally, one pocket will have the phone. The yep. other pocket will have keys, chapstick, and the <laughs> Listerine pocket pack mints. <laughs> and then the wallet's in the bum bum pocket. Was your So, your keys are in your left front? Left front, yeah. This is riveting stuff, man. <laughs> really learning a lot about ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I'm really engaged in this conversation for yeah. some reason. Really interesting. I just like saying bum bum pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that it's a thing. Um, okay, carry on with your story. I don't know where I was up to. Let's just finish the podcast. <laughs> if you keep your wallet in your bum bum pocket and have run into issues, tweet us. Uh, there has also been reports from visitors of electronic equipment failure while studying the forest and electronic devices and perhaps throws back to this <laughs> pocket <laughs> are known to malfunction when used in the area, particularly when they're placed in the bum bum, bum, bum pocket. pocket. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> uh, the woods are rumoured to be haunted by Romanian presents. Uh, 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 peasants. <laughs> <laughs> who were murdered there. Yeah. Murdered oh. presents. It is believed that the souls of these tormented ghosts are trapped within the wooded confines of Hoabaku Forest. Visions of these tormented spirits are sometimes observed by terrified travellers. Pairs of haunting, observing green eyes and a heavy black fog have also been observed there. You experienced the fog. I did. And your story about the forest many people report a feeling of being watched as they travel near the forest's edge interesting there's a new subdivision has gone up right there <laughs> it's a viewing gallery it is yeah it's it's lo- feeling all like the windows face out there's like, oh, people in the forest again <laughs> um what do you think makes a tormented soul if you were dead mm-hmm. and a ghost wouldn't you just chill why are they tormented? Are they I in think, pain? No, I just think that I think that they. I think it's when your life is probably snatched away from you mm. at a uh, at a time. It's 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 an injustice death. I think you're looking down like really sad about it. I that. am. Yeah, I was actually just looking at my phone case because <laughs> I took it off. <laughs> I looked down. I was like, yeah, death and justice. Yeah, it's quite quite meaningful. So they're tormented just for eternity because their life was snatched away from them. Yeah, like say someone like, you know, you were there and then someone stole your phone and put a case on it someone's, and a screen protect, protector, you'd be tormented. Yeah, I'd be absolutely, yeah. You did, and someone's put I a screen protector and yeah, a case yeah. on my phone and now it looks it. ugly as hell. <laughs> and the well, I just think there. of the person whose job it is to design a phone. They must have the same attitude towards phone cases as mm. I do. Like that person's job 
That's the reason they go to work. The reason they get up in the morning is to make the coolest looking just phone Just saying, they can. though, maybe they should make it a bit more durable. They wouldn't need the phone cases. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah. But I guess it's probably just a different department working in silos. Yeah, and next door. Yeah. Up down the hall. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to make My job durable. is look. Your this job is, is durability. Beauty. It needs to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Okay. There is a central region in the middle of the forest which has been named the Notorious Circle Jerk. <coughs> Circle. <laughs> jerk. Circle Jerk. You jerk. You jerk. It is a small opening in the middle of the trees, nearly a perfect circle jerk, where, <laughs> ne- where, vegeca- where, vegetation, where vegetation will not grow. Perfectly spherical. Soil samples have been taken from the site. What do you think they've found in the middle of the circle jerk side of the soil samples? Biscuit samples. <laughs> uh, it has been analysed by experts, but the results show there is nothing in the soil that would prevent the growth of plant life. In fact, there's plenty of ambient uh, DNA and other types <laughs> of uh, growth hormone stuffy that would help it grow. It's a swooky chair, by the way. Mm. Uh, and there's been no explanation why nothing grows in the area. Uh, locals and some enthusiasts to the self-circle jerking believe it is this area which drives the paranormal forces in the forest and is the heart of this paranormal activity. They considered this circular plateau deep in the forest to be the home of the ghosts that haunt the forest. Mm. wonder what would happen, like, if there was anything weird if they just dug a massive hole there. Would it, would that be the opening to, like, the center of the earth where are they going to circle jerk if you dig a big hole into the hole mm, okay fair enough it's <laughs> boring photos taken in the woods have revealed hovering shapes and outlines of human forms most are invisible to the human eye but can be caught on camera some paranormal researchers believe that these kind of appearances are representations of spirits which inhabit parallel universes Dozens of strange heads sometimes appear in one photo. In the circle jerk. Also, there is an extremely macabre aspect of these pictures, as some of the strange figures that appeared were identified as figures of people who had died in the forest. Oh. So taking a, a, a photo, and all of a sudden... All of a sudden... It's like, oh, it's Barry. <laughs> he died in the forest. He's in this photo now. How's he going? Oh, he's dead, but he's, in, he's still appearing in photos. He's still he's photobombing. Tormented. He's still he's photobombing tourists and paranormal investigators. <laughs> um, many people who live near Hokubaku Forest have reported seeing a large collection of orbs of light coming from inside the tree line. These strange forms suddenly appear in the sky as flying geometric forms of pyramids, spheres, cylinders, cones, and cubes. These strange shapes that populate the sky have been photographed and filmed hundreds of times. When using a thermal detector, these lights don't seem to be producing any heat signatures. Some people who enter the forest report that they suddenly remember all of their past experiences, but then forget the memories after having left. Well, that must be weird. I know. Okay. Jumping into a How do you uh, even have tale, time? Uh, you don't have time for that. Jumping into a tale here. So on August 18, 1968, a military techie named Emil Barnea captured a famous photograph of a saucer flying over the Hoku Baku Forest. Emil, who just, well, he blatantly disregarded the villagers' suggestions and went into the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, accompanying him was his hoe, aka girlfriend, (laughs) and two other family friends. 
They not s- hose. <laughs> they set up camp in the afternoon and went in search of firewood. When Emil was searching for logs, he suddenly found himself hysterically crying. Right. Yeah. Shortly after, back at the meadow campsite, Emil Banea and his friends suddenly saw something that looked like a large cylindrical craft flying at low speed above the Hoku Baku forest. It flew low above the trees without uttering a squeak. The strange flying machine then suddenly began to glow. After the strange show in the sky, the UFO sped up in a slightly oblique direction. Following it through the camera viewfinder, Emil managed to capture this moment in three frames. Mm. After developing the film, the images that appeared have said to be some of the clearest images of a UFO photographed in Romania, and undoubtedly some of the best images of any UFO photographed ever in the world. You know what those images would be perfect for? What's that? An audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is now time for you to see the photo uh, that Emil took. And uh, oh, sorry, I got the cable on there. Yeah, just coming across to grab the thingy. I don't know if I can hear. Ah, can I unplug? No. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, can you take that off to the cord? No. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just argumentative right. tonight. I'm back on. I'm back on mic here. Poor Mike. I can see. Um, should I not be scrolling? Is yeah, that a don't spoiler? scroll down. <laughs> so this is just the one. Yeah. It's a small photo, but it's a square photo. Yeah. Which checks out. Good. Because a lot of negatives in those days were Would have square. Been square. Yep. Oh, what is that? It's a cable. You disconnected it. Hit the, the side of the desk. Um. And it looks kind of like a rain spot. To be honest. But I can actually think there's there's some definition in that that looks like it's actually some object rather than a smudge on the lens. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's definitely not a rain spot because it's in focus. Mm. So you can't have the rain spot in focus and the trees in focus that mm. are in the distance. So, yeah, that's interesting. It's by no means definitive at this size. Is there a bigger one? Yeah, it probably is online. I mean, he'd have the negative, so it'd be a big old... Decent photo. What is all this banging? I don't know. I'll show you another one shortly. (laughs) So by the 1970s, the area was known as a hotbed for UFO sightings and unexplained lights. More recently, images of an amazing triangle-shaped UFO have been captured above the forest. That's the one I saw before. Yeah. So you scrolled down and saw saw the the triangle. It's really good. That's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one because it's definitely not a raindrop. It's a perfect triangle shape, but also has like a bevel to it. Mm-hmm. So you can see this definition, um, like there's light reflecting off parts of it, but not others. There's a depth to it. Yes, it's a good photo, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So who took that one and when? Uh, more recently. <laughs> yep. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before, before we start revealing shallow dives. Some of the even more mysterious reports have come from the that have come from the Hoku Hokabaku Forest. I got it wrong. Uh, far beyond paranormal activity and UFO sightings, multiple witnesses have reported missing time when entering the forest. Mm. The most inexplicable case, inexplicable, inexplicable case, is that of a five-year-old girl who wandered off and got lost in the forest. Her parents and even others. Conducted an extensive search of the area, but no body was found, 
and appearance had no given body a, or nobody and no body nobody nobody and no body was ever found and appearance had given up all hope five years after her disappearance oh this is like locals found a young girl crying near the outskirts of the woods she was identified as the missing girl who had vanished years earlier the mind-boggling part was that she hadn't aged at all and she was wearing exactly the same clothes that she had been wearing at the time of her disappearance and they were completely untarnished after five years what's the movie about that she was said to have no recollection of the missing time it's like flight of the navigator or something it's like that i got a pass on this i don't really know there's a movie where a boy i remember i remember from my childhood i don't think i've seen it since but there's a scene where there's a boy like in a hospital bed and he wakes up and his younger brother comes to visit him but <clears> is <throat> by then his older brother because the boy hasn't aged but the brother has Still his younger brother, though. He was born earlier than he was. I think it's Flight of the Navigator. And there's like an alien spaceship. He gets lost chasing his dog or something. <gasps> dog Just, and there's a dog, dog There was a dog bug. Paranormal moment. I called it first. <laughs> <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or like something else. Quantum Leap? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. Uh, yeah, it is that. Here we go. Disney's 1986 Flight of the Navigator combines, a, combines a strong ensemble cast. I love a strong ensemble cast. <laughs> <laughs> cast and classic 80s soundtrack with dazzling special effects for a high-flying sci-fi adventure. While searching for his little brother in the woods, even more mystifying is that... What? <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is poorly constructed sentences. While searching for his little brother in the woods, even more mystifying is that David hasn't aged, nor can he account for the time lapse, nor can he account for the missing sentences in between. <laughs> so, yeah. he And then NASA officials stumble upon a futuristic spacecraft and they lock him in it like it's a lab and stuff like that. But, yeah. Flight of the Navigator. It's possibly based on this whole thing. If Disney got hold of that story, that's how they'd tell it. Yeah, telling it better than I am. <laughs> so um, these reports and many others that I'm not going to tell you about, as well as the numerous UFO sightings, unexplained lights and paranormal phenomena, has driven researchers, enthusiasts and investigators to believe that the forest has some kind of time portal, access to another dimension, or a gateway controlled by an advanced civilization. Mm -hmm. Whatever the truth of this mysterious land is, most who visit refuse to return. The end. And on that note, we'll jump into the next segment. Unless you've got something to add. Um, do I show the pictures? Yeah. <laughs> show me the pictures. We've determined... Oh, this one of the trees. I didn't show this one of the trees. That's curvy trees. Oh, there's some curvy trees. There's some curvy trees. There's some curvy trees in there. Mm. Nice picnic table in the background there, too. Pleasant. Yeah. Be a good view of the curvy trees. Picnic table's not curvy. It's normal. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into the next segment with the best... Um, and most well-constructed intro of the podcast. Whose turn is it to push the start? Start. Of the music? Uh, you did it last week. Okay. Do you I'll let you do it again. I'm a bigger I'm a bigger man than you. What do you mean? 
What do you mean by that? Well, you don't let me. Oh, okay. Squeaky chair. Promise. <laughs> it's not um, more sinister. Okay, let me just deploy the musical instrument ensemble orchestra. Okay. A one, a two, a one, two, three. No, you need to go a one, a two, a you know what to do. I don't say that. <laughs> Start the music. <laughs> it's going. Um, this is the segment we call Get Me Some Strange, where we take a 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained, um, a book with a bunch of little tidbits of the paranormal persuasion. Um, I'll flick through the book. Tony will tell me when to stop, and we'll read one of the paranormal tales. Ready? Flicking now. Stop. Jeez, that was a quick stop. Mm, just felt right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we have landed in the segment called, or chapter called, Heavens Above, Atmospheric and Astronomical Oddities. These are often quite disappointing, so... They are. Um, <laughs> there's a really big one that's um, quite blatantly on the page I stopped on, but looks boring as heck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I suggest is we go for five little ones. Five? Five okay. little ones. Six little ones. Oh! <laughs> All right. Okay. Ready? Are we, we going to be here for the next Some of these are comically, comically short as always. Okay, I do, yeah. like, I do actually do like these wee titty bits of them. They're quite good. A large number of luminous globes filled the air on the day of an earthquake in Boulogne, France in 1779. Good. Good. That's the end of that one. Subterranean thunder was heard at Guan- Guanajuatoa subterranean thunder was heard in mexico in 1784 <laughs> although there was no earth tremor squeaky chair a bright ball of fire and light accompanied a hurricane that struck england on september 2nd 1786 if it was ball lightning it was unusually persistent lasting a full 40 minutes mm, decent decent how many was that three three to go a mirage of a walled town was seen at Yorgol, Ireland, in October 1796. Again the following March and in June of 1801, there appeared a mirage of an unknown city, mansions surrounded by shrubbery with a forest behind them. Sounds quite quaint, really. Yeah. It's a good view. A weird... <laughs> this is... A weird marine noise <laughs> was heard by naturalist, nudist, <laughs> and sometimes swinger Alexander von Humboldt and other members of his expedition to Sexair, South America. Hey. He writes, on the 20th of February 1803, towards 7 in the evening, the whole crew were astounded by an extraordinary noise which resembled that of drums beating in the air. It was at first attributed to the Breakers. Speedily, it was heard the in New the Zealand vessel. Breakers basketball team. They do have passionate fans. <laughs> Speedily, it was heard in the vessel and especially toward the poop. <laughs> <laughs> really, it was like a boiling. The noise of the air, which escapes from fluid in the state of ebullition, they then began to fear that there was some leak. In- have we had this one? Some leak in the vessel. It was heard incessantly unceasingly in all parts of the vessel and finally about nine o'clock it ceased altogether 
I'm sure we've had this. Some of the other ones. Have, are, we had, have we had all of these? I kind of felt like we may have. Like, do we need to put up a system where we've marked them as red? I kind of have a feeling that um, <laughs> there was a couple of these that felt familiar, but I wasn't sure. I sort of, they did ring true that we'd had these. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If we, are we doing our first repeat? <laughs> Possibly. Is this a coincidence? This should be in the coincidence section. Lewis and Clark on their 1804 expedition to the far west of the United States heard booming noises like a cannon uh, at dear, a site I'm, near... I'm sure we've heard that. What is now Great Falls. I probably turned to this page and I was like, that one looks boring. I'll read these five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm um, pretty sure that Lewis and Clark one is here. Cause that, that yeah, we've definitely had these. Do you want to do another one? Yeah, give us a wee one. What? Another another strange or another page? Nah, uh, just something else we haven't had, please. I'm sick of hearing your shit again. <laughs> same um, old shit. Same old shit. Just churned out the for another same week. old shit. Another week. <laughs> another week of same old, old shit. shit. <laughs> that could be the name of the podcast. That's our episode <laughs> title. Another week of the same old shit. Another week of the same old shit. <laughs> I feel like apologizing. <laughs> we could we could just delete this bit. We could just we could just record over it. Like we don't actually have to publish this, but we're, we're not those sort of people. A luminous cloud was seen, driven with some violence from east to west, <laughs> where it disappeared below the horizon on the same day an earthquake occurred in Florence, Italy, on December 9th, seventeen thirty-one. Like many accounts of earthquake lights, this is this one is tantalizing because it lacks detail that would identify it either as escaping gas or some auroral display stimulated by magnetic oh, waves. <laughs> I think we leave it at that. And on that note, we will call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week where we hope to up our game. Yes. And <laughs> Not just repeat. Yeah. Should we just repeat this week's episode next week as well? That's sort of where we're going Let's to, I think. Um, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, next week we will be don't make back that. in your ear holes. Oh, I was going to say, but being better. Like, don't make that promise of being better next week. We can't. We can't consider. But we'll be, we'll, we'll be present next week. Um, oh, motorbike right on cue yeah. and on that note we're going to leave this for another week we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lust in the Sky podcast sounds good to me <laughs> so you normally end it with, with something around squeaky chair toodaloo